Alrighty, we're back. Another um, edition of Behind the Vinyl. Nicholas is by my side as... As usual. As per usual. And um, we have the honour of having John Petrucci from Dream Theatre. The honour's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you again. We've Good got a bit of history, so it's uh, always nice to cross paths. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. For those who don't know, we worked together many times. Yes. Uh, Darren and I on with our previous record label. Right. And then we changed labels and haven't worked with Darren, so we're sad. Yeah, yeah. But now but here we are. I still, <laughs> I, I'm still around. I still yes, annoy he's you. still around. Cool. So um, today we're going to talk through uh, Diary of a Madman. Ozzy love Osbourne. It. Love it. Love I'm it. Dig a little bit, uh, dig a little bit into it, and um, understand it's probably influenced a little bit of your career. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, that's one of the records where I actually had the record, you know, the vinyl. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. So I could still picture it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Rhodes we'll get a little deeper as we go Randy Rhodes was he one of the ones because um, so how old were you back then how Around old was I back then let's see I, uh, when did that record come out 81 come right out, yeah 81 81 7th of November 1981 yeah. 81 so I was born in 67 right so let's do the math <laughs> 77 is you're 10 14. you're 14 14 yeah, yeah there you go so you're probably by that stage, you're well and truly playing. I I started playing when I was 12, right, so that's yeah. a couple of years in, and I was already, you know, where where um, I, the the guys that that I grew up with, John Young being one of them, yep, um, and in, in our neighborhood and, and on Long Island in New York, like radio rock radio played uh, ACDC and Sabbath and stuff like that uh, and Rush, so it was all over the radio. It wasn't like we lived somewhere where it was all country music and we never heard rock. So, (laughs) you know, I, I already was into Sabbath and, and everything. Um, and when, uh, that album came out, it was, I remember it being plastered all over the radio. Right. Right. You know, I heard it that that's how I got introduced to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What what was your entry point? Mine was, mine was probably Zach Wild for for the, like I did the black Sabbath. Right. I kind of, I don't know what I don't know what happened, but I just kind of drifted away. Actually, it was probably Jake Lee with Bark of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when, but, when shot in the dark. Right. Uh, yeah. With the MTV. Well, I was totally thing. into that. I mean, obviously, the the time period. You know, we we might be a little off here because the time because Blizzard of Oz was first. Blizzard was first. Mm-hmm. So I might have been even a little younger, like when I heard Crazy Train for the first time on right. the radio. But I, but at that point, you know, after hearing that and getting so into that record yeah. and into randy Rhodes when diary came out i was yeah. like fully committed right yeah you know i was a fan yeah um and you know besides the guitar playing what what drew me in was the the composition like there was the, always this sort of twisted kind of darkness to the chord progressions right. and to you know yeah uh it, in a lot of ways it, it was very progressive it wasn't yes or Yep. King Crimson, but the you know the song structures weren't always what you would expect, um, and, and going to this record to Diary of a Madman, especially that track. I mean, it it had some like really deep, dark classical moments and things that you wouldn't expect in a normal yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I love definitely that. Definitely Diary, the song. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
I got into uh, As You, Bark at the Moon, when it was released, that was kind of like the first time I got into Ozzy Osbourne. Gotcha. Much to do with, with, with the cover, and I remember like the, the biggest music magazine in Sweden was OK Magazine, mm. and they had a big splash about how long it took to put on the werewolf thing and all oh, that. that's funny. And, uh, and then I really liked Ultimate Sin, Right. Which yeah. which got a bad rep back then. I yeah. think that it wasn't really uh, people didn't think it was a good record. So, but I really liked that record. Yeah. I think it's good. I liked then, it too. Yeah, and then it, and it kind of faded. Right. And then I think I got back with you know later on with Sack Wild right. and all yeah. that. But the thing I always wondered about since we're talking about Randy Rhodes yeah. is since he died mm-hmm. that young, mm-hmm. how much that plays in with him being this guitar hero that has become this mythical thing. Sure. And and was he really like a guitar player that stood out from all the other guitar players? Or yeah. is it just part of the the whole myth of it, the, the tragic death of dying in an airplane and all that? Gotcha. Well, I can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was the real deal. Right. He absolutely yeah. was, you know, being a fan of so many guitar players. I mean, it, it wasn't only the way that he played guitar that just as a player, you're like, oh, my God, I need to learn how to do that, you know, how to play over the mountain, you know. Um, but it was the compositions. It was the riffs, and it was that classical infusion that he did right. that made it so different than what anybody else was doing. And even incredible guitar players like Van Halen and stuff, right? you know, who were doing amazing, innovative things. Randy stood out, and I think he still does. Right. I do. I think that, that music and his playing way back then being so young it still holds up and it still stands out you you go back and you listen and you're like this is still like the real deal and also the way that he recorded right you know he would uh double track solos and orchestrate the guitars and have acoustics going and classical i mean just so creative mm. you know mm. so yeah i i think he was the real <laughs> yeah. deal because <laughs> yeah. he um like he's got a small body of work yeah there's yeah. not a lot of music out no. there um there probably wouldn't have been that much music definitely in this genre because he was talking about leaving he was exactly leaving. yeah he was on the verge of leaving Aussie yeah. around this i think he was gonna do another tour or two gotcha. but he wouldn't have been on the next from what i understand on right. the next aussie record. right right yeah. he wanted to go more into straight classical playing and gotcha. so on and so forth so it's amazing for that small amount of body of work mm-hmm. the impact that he's that he's had absolutely and, yeah. and still has i mean part of that is the timing too uh, uh, yeah. you know i don't know you know here in sweden what the scene was but again in where i grew up in new york i mean those records were huge mm. yeah. you know it was huge news that ozzy left sabbath and was doing the solo thing and when blizzard of oz came out and crazy train was plastered all over the radio i mean it did so yeah. well yeah. that album just took off right and it was the right time you know, um, and so if you talk in early '80s, like we sort of figured out, that's when all that stuff was exploding. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So Blizzard, you know, those two records came out at the same time, and even even uh, Bark at the Moon, mm. that also did incredibly well. Yes, oh yeah. Um, and around the same time, if I have my uh, time period correct, you know, even the Dio records that things that he was doing i don't know if that was a little later or yeah, in the was, same like you're talking holy diver the, yeah like, holy diver is 80 isn't it 83 or 84 and right. Mark so of the moon so is 83 84 so it's around that time yeah, yeah. oh definitely you know, and the master puppets would come out 86 mm-hmm. i mean that was like the prime time where 
metal and all this stuff and and all these guys like Ronnie James Dio and Ozzy yeah. Osbourne and stuff were known yeah. cool names you yeah know? yeah exactly um it was a scene so it's so part of what you're talking about with success was the timing yeah I yeah. think yeah as, as you as play actually let's play a song before we keep going and then we'll uh we'll come back let's play over the mountain
So as a player, you grew up, um, you started playing with ACDC, Black Sabbath, yeah. and all that, that you said. Um, Iommi, is that, was he as heavy impact as, say, someone like uh, Randy Rhodes? Uh, he was definitely a big impact yeah. because I was a big Sabbath fan um, and, and I would try to learn all that stuff. He, he was tricky to learn because of two reasons. One, um, they tuned down a half step. Right, yeah. And two, a lot of his solos he would like not double track but play two solos at once. Right, okay. And so you didn't know which one to like oh, learn okay. or listen to. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was definitely an influence. I think Randy might have had a larger impact on me just – I keep saying this word, but it's a timing thing too, having to do with my age, right. when that hit, what was pl- being plastered on the radio, what me and my friends were doing. Yeah, you know, it's like that stuff comes out. It's like you were the shit if you can play the over the mountain solo. So that's right. all I wanted to do, was pra- <laughs> and we would do covers of all those songs. Yeah, you know, uh, another band in that same zone uh, from Europe is the Scorpions. Like, oh. Right. You know, try to like play blackout, and right? All Matthias's solos, and you know, that that was big. It was a big scene where I was growing up, yeah. um, and I I think in that case, you know, uh, those two Aussie records or Diary specifically and Randy Rhodes kind of overshadowed the Sabbath and Tony influence mm. as big as it was. Right. I kind of just my age and what was going on. I gravitated more towards Aussie stuff. Yeah. But also back then, I mean, did you? Is it that classical thing where you listen to the record and you try to pick out the? Uh, it was that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and again, we're talking records. So yeah. I would put it on my turntable. Yeah. And I would you know do this technique, which is how I learned how to really play guitar, where I would set the RPMs oh, to be right. half speed. Right. Yeah. Of course. And I yeah. Would sit there and learn. <laughs> and it was painstaking. And and you know some of the way that these guys recorded especially with Randy with the double tracking or all these different layers of guitars when it's slowed down and it's an octave low, like some of it just becomes a mush (laughs) and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, And, and something that younger people today might not be able to relate to is that, you know, they might say, well, why'd you do it that way? Why don't you just go on YouTube? (laughs) Exactly. There was no way to do that. There was no, you, you know, the, the closest thing you can come to doing that was to go to an Aussie concert mm. with, with binoculars. <laughs> and yeah. watch. Oh, that's how he does that, you know. Yeah. Um, so I would have to sit there and figure. You didn't know the positioning, the strings right. it was on, the technique. Right. You just heard notes and you're yeah. trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember. Um, I would have loved to have done that. I think it, mm. it would be better for your ear. Yeah. Right. Was, I, yeah. Yeah. When I started yeah. playing guitar, it was. Um, you know, guitar for the practicing musician. Yeah. Guitar World was doing tab. Yeah. So you would, uh, that's basically how I learned. Yeah. You know, by getting tab and, yeah, sure. and, and learning songs from there. And each month you'd wait to see what song they'd do. And yeah. it actually showed you a lot of new music. Yes. You know, you'd, you'd see this tab and it's like, okay, I'm going to work that out. You know, it was that the magazine that included the floppy record in the uh, oh the floppy disk the, oh the floppy, yeah I think, not, um, not the disc no no like, the, the, the like the like uh, vinyl but vinyl like... exactly I know <laughs> yeah. I know I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> not not guitar world but I think practicing musician yeah did. yeah it's so funny yeah wow. so good times <laughs> yeah um a couple of the other band members um Bob Daisley and um, Lee Kerslake absolutely are a little bit forgotten. You know, yeah. uh, surprisingly, Bob Daisley, he also played with Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, pretty seasoned. Yeah. You know, the um, 
can you remember them at all? Did they have any impact on? Uh... I, I mean, only to the extent where I loved what they did. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, with with those, just focusing on Diary. You know, I keep saying those, thinking about the other Ozzy catalog, yeah. but you know, it, it's not only the guitar playing. I'm a guitar player, so we're focusing on that. Yeah. But it it was the band. Right. It was everybody's choices. You know how the record was produced. Um, the lyrics, the sound of Ozzy's voice, yeah, um, and how all the players contributed to that. That there's, I can tell you definitively, that album would have not been as successful or sounded the way it sounds if there were diff- two other, you know, players yeah. on. Right, it. right. Um, I, I know that some of those guys uh, have sort of played on various albums of, of band, UK bands and stuff like that, yeah. and they kind of jump around a bit. Um, and I wasn't aware of that as at the time. Yeah, I just was like, "This is a great sounding band." Yeah, you know, and you could pick out bass lines and yeah, right, yeah. You know, uh, the the keyboard parts were great and the drumming is great. I mean, it's like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Tommy Aldridge was phenomenal. Exactly. You know, he he didn't play on the record, but no. he he was credited on the record. Who played who played drums on that record? Um, Lee uh, Lee Kerslake like plays just, drums. Yeah. I'm mixing up no, but, the musicians but, in my head. No, no but he, okay. he's credited. Uh, Tommy Aldridge and Rudy Sarzo are credited for playing on the record, but they but, didn't but play. Actually, they didn't play. That's they played. They played on the tour. That's yeah. what's confusing me. Yeah, because exactly. I picture those guys playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Yeah, which is which is that's so wild. All right, so I'm not crazy. No, <laughs> maybe I am crazy, but it's it's kind of a um yeah. definitely visually it's mm. a better band having uh, Rudy Sarzo. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Right. So having him and having Tommy Aldridge is, right. is yeah. one of the greatest drummers yeah. of all time. Yeah. He's yeah. unbelievable. So so everything um, I said is completely discredited because I said if there were two <laughs> different guys, it wouldn't yeah. be. <laughs> no, that you know I, I stand by what I said. I mean, those guys made a great record together. Yeah, and yeah. all contributed in such a way oh, where yeah. the end result was oh, like yeah. this amazing. It, it it doesn't sound like a a bunch of studio musicians. It sounds no. like a band. Yeah, it, it really does. Oh yeah, it sounds like a band. I mean, it has that impact. Yeah, I think um, actually. Since Rudy Sarso in, ended up playing bass, mm-hmm. I believe because I interviewed Frankie Benali mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he he auditioned, I think. Oh wow! Um, right. But didn't get the gig, and he said that he had uh, a recording yeah. at home, an old cassette of them playing, uh, of them playing over the mountain. Gotcha. I think. I think he said as well that it it sounded different. Yeah. I think he said the lyrics were different at that stage yeah. as well, something like that. I don't know. Wow, or he amazing. or he auditioned before that. I can't remember, but he auditioned some that's cool. some, some sometime around that time. Very cool. Yep.
then the guys, um, you had to go and do uh, meet and greet and sound check and so on. But uh, we'll move it along. Then Randy dies. Yeah. Literally four months after the record is out. Yep. Um, in a bit of a freak. Yeah. Uh, a freak accident. Can you remember that? I can. I remember yeah. it vividly. You know, I, I again at that point I was a com- total committed fan, yeah. diehard, learning all that stuff, looking forward to see uh, see Ozzy play live and. Uh, and you never saw I him. I never saw him. Never saw all right. Him. Never saw Randy play. Um, is when that, was that? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Was that when you're at your? Uh, was that when you're really finding the guitar? Because there's these stories when you, yeah. you and John actually were playing uh, six right. hours a day and yes. you had this little thing together with totally. Him. That was that during that. That period. was during that period. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of the way that I developed my skills on the guitar, and thankfully where I grew up, there were a lot of bands, different bands, you know, always playing in garages and everywhere else, um, and I would just play with them everywhere and i remember uh this one particular band it, it was this is a i don't mean to make a funny statement out of like a tragic <laughs> situation but i remember when randy died i was so affected by it and so upset that this person who i was like studying this music who i felt like i knew had had died just so tragic tragically and suddenly i weirdly decided all of a sudden that to changed my style of guitar playing and that I was never used distortion again. Obviously, I didn't <laughs> stick to it. I don't know what I was saying. I think I was just like so distraught. Wow. Yeah. And I remember playing a, a show somewhere like with one of these groups of friends. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to use distortion ever again. Like, it was like my tribute or I don't know. It was bizarre. Like I said, I didn't stick to it. But um, yeah, that news was, that was gutting. I mean, it yeah. was like so horrible yep. to hear. You couldn't really understand it's such a freak accident such a as well. freak accident yeah. you're like what the hell yeah you know knowing how young he was and that they only had two records yeah. together and i never got to see him and yeah. that's that was horrible um especially given the, the the level of talent and thinking about the music that he you know could have potentially made if yeah he were that's interesting as well that ozzy osbourne is on the late show with david letterman six days after Randy's death. Wow. Really? And, wow. and that, that, that interview is on, you yeah. can find it on YouTube, and they're talking about stuff, you know, normal stuff, yeah. and they don't mention, Letterman doesn't mention the accident, or oh I mean, the, yeah. the tragic accident until like the end of the interview. Wow. Which is really weird. That's very And Ozzy is just like, you know, he seems, you know, it's somber, but, you yeah. know, still they're talking, he's chatting away, which you is, you You would think know, that would be the first thing that Exactly, yeah. exactly. But obviously he was, Radically or dramatically, yeah. you know, oh, tortured sure. by it. And yes, it has for absolutely. years to go on. Oh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. absolutely. To this day, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the ironic thing, I think the last thing um, Randy said to Ozzy was that Ozzy's going to kill himself yeah. with, with his drinking. Wow. Yeah. The, the, literally, the last words yeah. come out mm-hmm. is, your drinking's out of control. You've got to stop. You're going to kill yourself one wow. day. Yeah. And, um, That's and, so freaky. And they had a bit of a, that was a bit of a, Argument, sure. And Aussie goes off to go to bed, and yeah, and, he passes. and this is what happens. Oh, yeah, which is which is that? You know? Yeah, and there's also there's really there's an interesting book. Rudy Sarso's book mm. off the tra- off the rails. Yeah, is quite interesting because he 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 uh, he had a diary back then, and I asked him about that. Who keeps a diary like yeah. that and that specific? And he said it was because of uh, I think it was like tax reasons or something. Oh, he had to funny. keep track of things or yeah, something like that. Sure. But that's a really interesting a book about that whole tour. 
leading up to the uh, I'd love plane to read crash that. and all that. Wow. It's really good. It's really good. I recommend it. I will. You yeah. know what's interesting to me as a young guitar player too, back when that happened, and this is I don't know if this is a testament to uh, the the caliber of players at the time or Ozzy's ability to attract great players, but even right when that happened, and um, I remember um, um, Brad Gillis Gillis right playing, you know, and and, and I remember just being like. Wow, this guy's amazing! Like, this still sounds incredible. Yeah, you know. And then when they got Jakey e. Lee, yep. and there's like a famous uh, show. What was that like festival show that I'm thinking of? Us Festival. Yeah, yeah. Where he plays, and, and they're playing um, Mr. Crowley, right? And he just does this like incredible version of that solo, yeah. which is another one. Yeah. That every kid tried to learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one after the next, and then Bark at the Moon comes out, and it's a great record, and Jakey Lee's incredible, yeah. and I'm like the same kid trying to learn, you know, the, these licks and riffs. So, you know, and then obviously uh, fast-forwarding to Zach and, and Gus, and I mean, just Ozzy always had this ability to just have these amazing... Definitely, that's, that's for sure. You know, but even then, with the big, big you know, Shadow of Randy and the two records he made that were incredible. Sorry, I'm holding the mic out here. <laughs> uh, I'm holding, if you can't see, I'm holding my arms out to <laughs> signify big. Um, and the impact those records made and then the loss being so deep, but the still, I mean, it could have just fallen apart, I guess, mm, back yep, then. Yeah. But these guys, they came in and like did an amazing job, you know, in their own right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty incredible. That's a, if you yeah, think it is. That. That's a big step. That's crazy. It is. Yeah. 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 The, the amount of, we'll finish this because yeah. uh, you've got to go and do some yeah. work. But the, the amount of guitar players that have come through that, mm-hmm. whether it be the Brad Gillis, the John Sykes, mm-hmm. you know, there was Gary Moore was in the. in the Right. Yeah. In, 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 in the mix. In, in the mix to, yeah. to replace him. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. interesting. Who, who I think is one of the greatest yeah. British oh, guitar yeah. players yeah. of all time. Love him. Yeah. And then the Zach, and then the even the Joe Holmes. Yeah, you know, Joe right. Like yeah, a, that's right. There's an incredible, yeah. you know, attraction. Yeah, you know, he has to to amazing guitar players. Yeah, he's so. oh, got an ear for that. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. He never called me, so it's <laughs> <laughs> probably tried. Yeah, probably tried. <laughs> exactly. Um, John, thanks for your time. And, yes. Um, yeah. We will see you soon. Yeah, yeah. this was fun. Right. Pleasure Great doing this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs>